We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast it is thursday for most of us it was a short week for those who had to work on monday i'm sorry it's almost Friday. Your Thursday crew is here. We are all back together again. Mark Eckel is back with us. Mark Eckel of Packer Report. I am Jason Perrone of the Game on Wisconsin Quick Slides Podcast, Pack-A-Day Podcast, and of course, joined with us as always is Paul Brittle of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted YouTube Show. Gentlemen, OTAs just wrapped up. The Wednesday crew talked about it, and we're going to... Talk about some burning questions coming out of OTAs. We each are going to ask one burning question. But as always, as we do, we'll start with the weather. And we're going as far east as our friend Robin Erickson in Oslo, Norway. Mark, we fixed this last week. Our geography. Good. And Robin forgives us. So he says that it is, let's see... What is he saying here? 10 degrees Celsius, 50 Fahrenheit, cloudy on and off, showers, rain, and a bit of hail. All the best to the weathermen. So stay safe. Hail always can mean some rough things. So we got some hail out in Oslo in Europe, and that was our only entry as far as European weather. So now we go to the East Coast. And Mark, you have two weather reports? I can give you two. I'm I'm back home now in in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and the weather is uh, pretty nice, very, very nice, actually. Um, Wednesday was 80. Um, not There was a couple clouds in the sky, but no, it was a nice day. Uh, today, Thursday, I don't think there's going to be any clouds. I think it's just going to be a beautiful, sunny, low 80s day. Um, if you need me, I'll be on the beach. Uh, but I came from uh, when I was away last week. Um, we were visiting my wife's uh, sister down in Florida. Let me just say this. It was hot. I mean, it's tough. There, people. I mean, it was ten degrees, but Florida's just like well, you know, Jace being in Arizona, Florida's it's it's just it's just hotter and 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 more humid. I guess is what it was. It was humidity. It was it was nineties, and it was hot. It was just hot. We were out and we were out on the water and stuff, which was nice. Uh, Have have have, I'm going to ask a question because down here everybody knows what they are, and my wife's family was like like shocked that I, I didn't know what this was and had never been on one. But most of my northern friends had are, are like me. They never heard of it either. Have either one of you ever been on an airboat? No, or I do know, you know what are. an airboat is. No, I haven't been on one, but I've heard I think I think I know what it is. Have you ever been on one? No. Okay. I, I I've seen them once I got on it, I said, Oh yeah, I've seen these things like on like on T V shows, like the like when you're watching a show like in the Everglades or whatever it is, but um my uh, brother-in-law has one, so my wife's like, "Oh, you got to take Mark out on the, on the airboat." I'm like, to myself, I'm thinking, I don't know what an airboat is, but um, but they're pretty cool. They're they're very cool actually. And we went we we went all through the Gulf on on this airboat, which was um was kind of fun. And and you could see like he he kept saying, "Look look down in the water, you'll you'll see all kind of stuff." And we did. We saw you know a dolphin and a and a manatee and a shark. 
Holy I'm cow. Like, can wow. we get it? Can we get away from the shark? Please? You know, yeah. he's, he's like, he's playing games with the shark. I'm like, I'd rather not play games with the shark. Right. And some stingrays and stuff. It was pretty cool. So, but it was hot in Florida. Yeah, the only shark I want to play games with is Greg Norman on the golf course. That's about it. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So Myrtle Beach is better, and you're glad Beautiful. you're back home. Yeah. As the is the headline. Yeah, I had a great time, but yeah, always good to be back home. Well, we're glad to have you back, Mark. And then in the Dairyland State of Wisconsin, Paul Brettel, where I don't know. I feel like until summer's there, it's not there, so we never know. Paul, what are we looking at? I think it's here. It's been beautiful. 70s, 80s, sunny. It's going to cool off a little bit coming days here towards the end of the week. Some rain, high 60s, but can't complain. I can complain because I'm looking at Uh the weather forecast and it's all triple digits and it doesn't look Mm -hmm. like I think we're there. It's triple digits until October. So hot and sunny, (laughs) no rain in sight in Phoenix. It's warm like an oven. I'm not going to complain. I love the sunshine. So I'll just leave it at that. I know it's no surprise. Phoenix is hot, hot and sunny. And then, of course, our friend Harry in Kamloops, Thursday, high of 75, low of 59. Mm. That sounds pretty nice, actually. But 60% chance of showers, a little bit of humidity. So the sun is coming up just prior to 5 a.m., sun setting around 9 o'clock. So I don't know how that, how that uh, syncs up with your daylight there, Paul. But um, from 5 to 9, it's light out. We're getting pretty close to that, you okay. know, of course, central time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So there's your weather update. And so now we'll jump into our burning questions. We each have one for each other. We're going to talk through some of these topics, review them. And if anybody has any other takes on OTAs, we can throw those in there as well. But Paul, we'll start with you. Your burning question for the group on the heels of OTAs may or may not necessarily have anything to do with OTAs, but it is Packers related. What do you have for us? All right, gentlemen. We're going to go to the wide receiver position because, of course. So who finishes with more receiving yards come the end of the season? Rookie Christian Watson or rookie Romeo Dobbs? Who's, who's going first? Here? Go ahead, Mark. Take us, take us away, Mark. I really, really want to say Dobbs because <laughs> I didn't like the Watson pick when they made it. I didn't like trading up for him. Uh, you know how I feel about North Dakota State or any other place like that. You know, they're great little programs that win the FCS every year, and that's great. But, you know, I want guys from the SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten. I don't like these, especially this that high in the draft. Um, but Dobbs went, I mean, it's not like Dobbs played at a power school either. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, coming off OTA, I mean, Dobbs apparently looked great and was making great catches and doing all, all kind mm-hmm. of good things and and Watson was dropping every other pass thrown to him, <laughs> yeah. which is what he did in college too. Yeah. He has he has hands yeah. of stone. Um, I to be honest, I don't think either one. I don't think I mean Dobbs is going. I think Dobbs is going to be a good punt returner for the team. I think I think he'll, he'll be the punt returner. I don't think he's going to get a lot of game an offensive game action. Um, so with that said, I'm going to say. And this is a, not a ringing endorsement of Christian Watson, but I'll, I, I think Watson will have more yards than Dobbs. Um, I don't know how many more, but he'll have. I think he'll just, have, you know, he, he's the kind of guy he's going to catch. You know, he, if he can hold on to it, he's he's going to catch a deep ball. So you know, his one catch might be for sixty yards or something. So um, I still think the Packers are going to get another wide receiver, and I think the, the main receivers will be the veteran, who will, will be Cobb and and Sammy Watkins if he ever shows up, and um, Alan Lazard if, if he ever signs and shows up. There, there's a lot of questions about the wide receivers, but to answer your to, to give an honest answer, yeah, even though I'm, I'm I don't like the pick, I did never did didn't like it when it happened, didn't like the trade, didn't like anything about it. Watson will have more yards than Dobbs. Makes perfect sense from a rational standpoint. And as someone who's followed the Packers for a long time and seen how they operate, I will go ahead and say Dobbs because I can be irrational because (laughs) because I'm not an analytic. I'm not an analytic guy. And listen, I I don't have we don't have enough to go off of to say what either of these guys are going to turn into. But I don't like the fact that Christian Watson's got the dropsies already. I don't care if it's practice or not. Mm -mm. You know, Andy, Andy Herman got roasted 
for his comments about Christian Watson dropping the ball. And I think it was really unwarranted because it's true. He dropped the ball. I don't like it. It's it's the same thing. I mean, didn't Jamon Moore have that same problem? Yes. Not a second yes. rounder. But he was the first receiver out of the group in that in that mm-hmm. um, that class, and he didn't even. I mean, he never played. He just couldn't get it. He couldn't get it right. And I can just I can see Watson. Watson's going to have to turn a corner. I'll also use James Jones as a as a as an example, not a comparison. Jones had drop problems his first couple of years in the league, and it wasn't until his what fourth or fifth year. I mean, even in the Super Bowl season, he dropped. He had that big drop against Philly. Yep. And then he finally turned it around, and in the back half of his career, he was extremely reliable. When he came back in 2015, he was Mr. Reliable, Mr. Touchdown. All James Jones does is catch touchdowns, right? So Christian Watson is going to have to figure out this this issue that he's got or get the mental part of the game down. Mark, you make a good point about the deep balls, the opportunities. Obviously, he's going to get more chances because of where he was drafted, and the Packers see a lot in him. They're going to give him every opportunity. When the quarterback comes into training camp, he's going to work getting the ball to him, too. The Dobbs is making plays now. He just seems like the only reason I say him is because he could be that guy who, by the middle of the season, it's like, we can't not play this guy. He's catching everything in practice. He's If he is our punt returner and he's effective there, does that help him earn more opportunities on offense as he shows his reliability in catching the ball, his awareness, all those other intangibles and things like that? So I, I'll go ahead and say Dobbs because I think I think we're gonna ha- it's gonna be an interesting conversation we're gonna be having three or four years from now about these two receivers that were taken in the same class, and this is gonna be another example of it doesn't necessarily matter where you were drafted if you end up being the guy you're the guy it doesn't matter whether you were a fifth rounder sixth rounder third rounder second rounder or the, the fifth overall pick and the first receiver taken off the board i mean for all various reasons we've seen high picks not not go well with with receivers so for me i'm going dobbs simply because look he's doing what receivers should do and what they're paid to do and what the packers need them to do which is catch the football so practice or not Listen, it's the first of, it's this, what, the second of June, the beginning of June. It's all we have to go off of so far. So I'm going with Dobbs. That's my answer. Final answer. There's a, uh, there's a, there's a comparison. Um, it's not receiver, but I'm pretty sure it's the same draft way back when, um, under Ron Wolf, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he took, he traded up and took Jamal Reynolds, pass rusher from Florida State in the first round. It was a total bust, never really amounted to anything. But in that same draft, I believe he got Kabir Biamila, mm-hmm. who wasn't even like, I think, I'm pretty sure began his career on a practice squad and then was quickly activated and became one of the best pass rushers in Packer history. Yeah. Um, so again, right, three years down the road, you know, people weren't ripping Reynolds. I mean, Reynolds was gone, but you had KGB, and you forgot about Reynolds because you had. So that that's interesting. That could be, you know, if Watson is a bust. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm not basing it off him dropping balls in OTA. Like you said, James Jones had the drops and became a very good good wide receiver. But if Watson is a bust, but Dobbs turns out to be as good as. The you know Pickens and and Pierce and a lot you know if he's as good as the the receivers that went very early in this draft, you don't mind because he makes up for it. But um, so I mean there is precedent where lower round picks have outperformed higher round picks at all positions. The Hell, Matt Matt Flynn and Brian Brom in the same draft, right? They took mm-hmm. Brian Brom in the second round as a quarterback to be Rogers backup and maybe even compete for the job. Brom was a total, total boss. Mm-hmm. And Matt Flynn turned out to be one of the best backup quarterbacks ever. The reason I had asked the question, obviously Dobbs is making some plays here in OTAs, but following the draft, Brian Gudikins, when asked about him, I believe the word he used was polished. He said he's one of the most polished receivers in this draft. Uh, from an experience standpoint, he has his, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he has a ton of snaps, ton of targets during his time at Nevada. And we know this Packers team, they're both rookies, but we know this Packers team tends to prefer experience and refinement early on. And then the new guys, and again, I know they're both new guys, have to earn those playing times. I know I've talked about on here before where if we go through each of Green Bay's rookie classes, 
I think Darnell Savage is the only one that comes to mind for me where right away he was a preferred starter. Everyone else began, you know, doesn't mean they didn't play significant roles that season or become a starter, but right away they had to earn that playing time. And so that's why I asked the question, because if Dobbs, you know, picks up the offense quicker, is more reliable with his hands, his route running's a little more refined. You know, I was just wondering if playing time wise, you know, that or he could see more playing time because of it. If I had to answer the question, I would probably cop out and go the safe answer <laughs> with Watson. And re- the main reason being Mark mentioned amount of snaps to go around Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, you know, assuming Watkins is on the roster, those are going to be the top three receivers. And we know this is an offense that spreads the ball around to the tight ends, to the running backs in the passing game. There's only going to be so many pass, you know, pass opportunities for those other receivers. But I think, I think it's going to be close. Okay. Well, and I, the other thing I was going to say too, with that is obviously I don't think we need to say we want Christian Watson not to do well. Mark, you already said it. Obviously we don't want that, but there's this. I hope I'm wrong about him. I yeah, hope he and it's a star that some people think he's going to be. Yeah, well, the other thing, the other thing too is, is obviously we've got very small sample size, but the we've seen it manifest before. I mean, you know, I use all these comparisons, whether or not you like them or not. But you know, like last year, we knew special teams were going to be a problem, and sure enough, yeah. it was a problem. It's like you're dropping balls already in OTAs. <laughs> I hope you fix that well, because as as Packers fans, we've had problems with receivers that have, have done that before, and it's been an issue. Well, here's the thing. He he won't drop too many balls this year because when he, he drops the first one, Rodgers just ain't going to throw yeah, the ball throw it again. To him. Right? Yep. That he drops, you know, if he's open and Rodgers, boom, hits him and he and hits him between the night, he drops the ball. Guess what? Mm-hmm. He's he's that's it. Rogers is going to say you're you're non you're non you're gone you're you're gone. You better you go just just send him deep as a decoy, and I'm going to be throwing the ball to Lazard over the middle. You know, Rogers don't mess around. You drop a Rogers pass, you don't see another one for a while. Well, you know, the interesting thing about that, maybe we talk about it on another show during the off season, is one of the questions I was thinking about asking was how likely is it, and how much how confident are you that Rogers is going to settle in and play within this offense and not freelance now that his, his dude, 17, is gone. We can talk about that during another show. And does he have the luxury of saying, hey, I'm not going to throw the ball your way, where it's like, no, you actually still need to throw the ball his way because it's LaFleur's offense that. and the scheme, right? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I, I in years past when, because I know something that's floated around is Rodgers' lack of reliance on rookie receivers in the past, but in part, he hasn't had to. There's always been an established receiver during his time you know, as quarterback, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Jordan Nelson, Devon Adams, James Jones. Like, if a rookie's not, or a young player's not making plays, or he's not in the right spot, not where he's supposed to be, Rodgers has the alternative to go elsewhere. He doesn't have that necessarily as much this year. So I don't know how it's going to play out. Obviously, the trust is an important factor. It's massive. We know that. It's still going to be. But again, he doesn't have that same luxury to rely on those other receivers that I mentioned. He, as you mentioned, Jason, he might have to just go through those growing pains with the rookies. You know, it's been said over and over, and everybody's tired of hearing it over the course of 30 years. Mark, you've heard it a billion times about Brett Favre and Sterling Sharp. I mean, when oh, you, yeah. you take away the big, but look, look what happened. All of a sudden, Favre started executing Mike Holmgren's offense. And what happened two years later, three years later? They're in the Super Bowl, and they've got the top offense in the league. So that's my. I think I've told you guys this. My the Andy, my Andy Reid story. Mm-hmm. Have I have I said that on the podcast? When Andy told me, uh-huh. yeah, that that was the be, you know nothing against Sterling personally. He's a great player, but that was the best thing that happened to us. He said, you know, it forced Brett to become an all around quarterback, not just a guy that looked for sharp every play, which is what he did. So yeah, I mean, but other guys picked up. Freeman, Brooks, um, the tight ends, Kimura, and then Keith. They had, you know, so the, 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 you know, Lazard and Watkins and Watson and Dobbs and whoever have to become what Freeman and Brooks and on, and then they picked up Andre Rise, you know, guys like that. They have to step up. It, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, it'll make Rodgers more, you know, Rodgers will see the field more and throw to more. But those guys got to catch it. <laughs> you know, Watson can't. Watson can't be dropping passes. Or not, you know, I'm not, I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep putting it all on Watson. But you know, Lazard has to get open. You know, Cobb has to stay healthy. It all has to go into to effect. Yeah, and I think last year gave us confidence that the the front office understands they they know how close this this team is. And Brian Gutekunst is is his own man. I mean, if, they, if there's an opportunity to improve the team in season. I think they'll do that. So if there's if they you know if they have to make a Ryzen like signing for some reason, I I trust that that he'll be able to make it happen. And the odd thing about the NFL over the last couple of years too is that guys just become available mid season. All of a sudden it's like Whitney Merciless re- released by the Texans. You know, some of those things are happening more and more frequently in season. Whereas it was like, hey, once the season starts, you don't see guys getting cut or let go unless they're injured or they retire or they're they're done for some reason. Unless there's some major shakeup in the in the locker room. So that one should be that one should be interesting to to see. That's actually a really good question, Paul. That one might be the the top one. We pr- maybe we buried the lead a little bit there. We should have <laughs> saved that one. That was a really good one. So, Mark, do you want to do yours next, or do you want me to go? I'll let you make. I'll go. Okay, go I'll ahead. go because we're 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 talking wide receivers. So my question also involves the receiver position, and my question is it's simple. And I've actually asked this to to a couple of friends um, this week. Am I the only one upset, and am I overreacting with my upsetness, if that's a word, um, that Sammy Watkins has not shown up for anything yet? He was the he's the new he's the new wide receiver in town. He's a veteran. He's had some good years. They're, I think the team is counting on him to be that guy that we said has to step up, and um, we haven't seen him. He has, has he has he stepped foot in Green Bay since he signed his contract? Not, not there. Not that I. Not that I'm I know upset of. by. It. I think it's. I don't like it. I don't like it a little bit. Am I overreacting? That's what I'm asking. Paul, let you. Will you start? Uh, for me, I would say a little bit. Now I'll preface by saying I'm overreacting a little bit or you're upset a little bit. You're overreacting a little bit. Um, I'll preface by saying I think it would be very beneficial for him to be there. 
on a new team and a new offense. However, he's a veteran. He's been successful in this league. Uh, he does. He was with the Rams in 2017 with McVay and Lafleur. I know that's not apples to apples, but there's at least he's been in this style of offense before. So hopefully that helps shorten the learning curve for him. And I think a big part of what his success is going to be is the that rapport that he has with Aaron Rodgers. And because I think he'll, like I said, he's been in this similar system before. He's an experienced veteran. He knows what he needs to do to to be successful. And so learning the playbook and you know where he needs to be on each route, I'm not necessarily as concerned with. It's getting on that same page with Aaron Rodgers for the reasons we just talked about. And Aaron Rodgers isn't here. So for those reasons, again, it, I, it, in a perfect world, I would love for him to be here. But it doesn't overly concern me either. Uh, that he's that he's absent at this time. And I'll throw this out there. The biggest thing with Sammy Watkins has been injuries and whether or not he can stay healthy. And I know these aren't in pads. I know there's no contact going on right now, but you know, for someone in their ninth, 10th season, who's missed a handful of games, many, many seasons over his career, you know, maybe it's not a bad thing to have a little less wear and tear before training camp and the preseason and all that begin. Those are all valid points. And I, Probably would have been more on that side of things, but it was the recap. It was Matt LaFleur's comment yesterday. Mark, I don't know what your catalyst was. That was the thing for me. And I had to stop myself because Matt LaFleur was asked about, you know, hey, Sammy Watkins is not here. And Matt LaFleur basically said, hey, I don't like anybody not being here right now and reminded us that the next get mini camp is mandatory and there's going to be repercussions and, and consequences if guys don't show up. So I fully expect anybody who's not excused to be there, including Sammy Watkins. But he was the first one that my mind went to in terms of being frustrated that he wasn't there. I get that Aaron Rodgers isn't there and the whole building chemistry and all that. But, dude, you're on your fifth team, right? There's a reason why he's bounced around the league so much. He's got a lot of experience. Paul, you said he's been productive, but it's been a while since he's been productive. And a lot of that has been because of his availability and his injury history, and that's prevented him from having full seasons and showing us what – he can do. I'm excited for what he can offer to the offense, but we've all said it already on this show in this this you know time that we've short time that we've been on. If he's on the roster, if he's on the depth chart, if he's you know atop the depth chart at wide receiver, right? So there's a lot of question marks for me, and I know I do this all the time, and it's kind of you know it's very it's a very big intangible, but I'm gonna I believe in the intangibles. If this is a Super Bowl team, and you're part of it, and you're new. Be a big part of the culture and be here and help get in a, get to know your teammates and get in the locker room and and create part of that vibe. You're one of the veterans now. It, it would be nice to see you being a part of that. Now, I don't know what part of the locker room chemistry Watkins has been on his other teams. I mean, he's on his fifth team, so I don't know that that's necessarily the issue. I think it was maybe more the injuries and productivity and all that other kind of stuff. But I don't know what kind of teammate he is, but I certainly have no idea if he's not here. And so that's my big frustration. And, and I'm, I'm trying to be fair as I go down the list and look at some of the other players that are, are there, aren't there. Mark, you mentioned uh, Alan Lazard, and he hasn't signed his, his deal, right? No. So, no. so that's, that's part of the reason there. And that's, that's a whole other thing, too, because it's like, you know, the, he, he knows the team holds a lot of cards as far as if he doesn't sign by a certain date. So I don't know if they're working on an extension or anything like that. But this team has in – three straight seasons been unceremoniously bounced from the playoffs in very disappointing fashion. Two of those three were conference championship games. And this last season, they were supposed to be hosting that game again at Lambeau field and it didn't happen. So take every opportunity to be and maximize and be everything you can and help this team establish and say, Hey, look, I'm here. I'm going to be here. Aaron Jones is there. Right, and I know that it's different for running backs and his on his last year of his deal and all that kind of stuff. But he's there. You got AJ Dillon, who's there. I think Sammy Watkins is in the state of Wisconsin. It would be different if he's like, "Hey, I'm working out in California or or wherever Florida or wherever it is that he's from." But he's in Wisconsin. He's going, like you said, Paul. He's at the Bucks game, right? So why can't you take the short drive up to Green Bay 
and be there with your team. So that's the thing that's frustrating for me as as far as that goes. And I know, you know, it's going to be the popular thing everyone's going to point to. If he doesn't make this roster for some reason or if he's not productive, they'll, they'll talk about the offseason and OTAs. And that's where I say, hey, look, I don't know how important that necessarily is going to be. But after what we've seen, remember, week one last year was not good. Anything you can do to speed the process along of becoming part of the team, getting yourself entrenched in the depth chart, getting uh, building chemistry with, I know you said Rodgers isn't there, I get that, but your other receivers, and for the influence you can be on the younger guys too, these are all days that are lost. So that's my take on the on the whole Watkins thing. And Mark, I don't know if you had any, have any other thoughts on that because you didn't really share all well, of yeah. Well, no, mine is just I'm, I'm upset for all the reasons that you stated, Jason, and that, and again, I understand it's OTAs and um, it's not, you know, <laughs> he, like Paul said, he's going to have plenty of time at ne- the mandatory mini camp and then training camp. And all that. But if I'm starting a new job, okay, like I, I worked at a newspaper for a long time. If I go to a different newspaper and they're having some kind of things going on, but I, and they say, listen, you don't have to come. But but we're having this. I'm going to show up. Cause mm-hmm. I'm the new guy. Right. I want to meet my other. I, I want to meet my my guys. I'm going to work with. I want to. Yes, Aaron Rodgers isn't there. And I understand, so he's not. But as a as a veteran receiver, as a guy who has been around on four other teams and was a first round draft, a high first round draft pick, this is a good time for him to maybe lend a hand to Christian Watson to to let him know what the, what it's all about as coming in as a high pick and. And the help of Dobbs and even some of the other guys. I mean, the, the Packers, I mean, other, you know, you have the three rookie receivers, and then you have, you know, Jawan Winfrey, and who's basically a he's not a rookie. He's been only a couple of years now, but he hasn't really established himself because he's been hurt and stuff. Um, now Randall Cobb is there. Randall Cobb, if Randall Cobb wasn't there, I'd say, well, Randall Cobb, you know, he's had injury issues and he's he's been around forever. Um if he didn't want to show up, you'd say, oh, it's Rand-. you know, Randall knows you all. He's been in Green Bay forever. But he's there. That's a good teammate. That's a guy that's there helping the young. No, Rodgers isn't there for him either. But he's even given a, even there for Jordan, supporting Jordan Love, who's getting a lot of, I'm assuming, getting most of the work, him and him and, him and Kurt Becker. I, again, I, I don't like when a new guy is acting like I don't have to be there. He, re- he really should. I don't, I, I don't know. Again, maybe. I started by saying, am I overreacting? And maybe I am. That's why I asked. But I just, I don't like it when a guy that you're counting on, you brought him in. He's the only really, I mean, he's the biggest name guy they brought in, right? Mm-hmm. So far. Yeah, so far, good good point. But, I mean, they kept a lot of their own. They added a punter. Um, is, I mean, he, well, I guess, yeah, um, the defensive lineman, Reed, is he there? I don't know if he's there or not. I, I would still not put sure. I'd still put Sammy Watkins ahead of him just in terms of what Sammy could name, potentially name. be. Yeah, right. Because he mm-hmm. wasn't. You know, he was a high first round pick. He's been around. Yeah, I mean, I, he should be there. I, even if he came and didn't practice, even if he came just to be there, as I said, for us, you know, to, to help the, the young guys, and just you know, now maybe there's an excuse. Maybe he has a valid excuse. Maybe it's a family. Who knows? But. Then they then somebody should say that if that if, if that's if that's the case. Well, I didn't answer the question, Mark. I guess if well, if you're overreacting, oh no, I'm overreacting you, you seem too. more upset than me. <laughs> yeah, if if, I, if you're if you're overreacting, I'm definitely overreacting. So I'll just say uh, I don't know, but based on my reaction, I would say no. You're not overreacting because you're not. Okay. You're definitely not alone. If okay. you are, you're definitely not alone. I mean, I and again. I probably need to step back and and I'll obviously I'm always happy to eat crow when it turns out that the Packers perform above what I think is going to happen. But it that same thing for me, as soon as you asked that, I thought, oh, that's crazy, because I was literally debating that with myself both (laughs) yesterday and today. And I was I was going to tweet something and I'm like, I'm going to get fried because everyone's going to say, well, look at the long list of other players that aren't there. And why aren't you talking about them? I don't know. I just, you know, that was because they're because they're not the new guy in town. Right. Again, using a real life experience. Yeah, if I worked at the paper for whatever many years and they were having something, yeah, I don't have to go to that. I, I, I've been to I've been to it the last whatever many years. Um, if I'm busy, I don't want to go to that. But if I'm the new guy on the staff. I'm the new guy on the, on the team. I think he should be there. Just to, has he met Lafleur yet? I don't know. He probably ha- maybe when he signed, but he has, he ha- he probably hasn't met his position coaches. 
or or Stenovich, the offensive coordinator. Now, I, I don't know. I just think I don't. Maybe I'm old school and I'm just you know harping on something that isn't isn't important in in 2022 as it was in 1992 or whatever. But um, I just think that a new guy in a new environment with a new team, a good team. He's going to a team that that. And I'll lead this into your question, Jason. I think a team with Super Bowl aspirations, right? This isn't—he didn't go to the Jaguars, right? He went to the Packers, right? And that's that's part of what I'm talking about there. I mean, it, you know, I can call me a spoiled or entitled Packers fan, but yeah, I expect you to understand what's in front of you and and what the scope of the possibilities are for this team. Now, interesting point that was made. I think it was on Tuesday's Locked On Packers show by with uh, Peter Bukowski, who talked about guys that weren't at OTAs. He kind of talked about that, too, and just said fans want players to care as much as we do. And so, Mark, your take to me is correct, but it's all about what's ingrained inside of you. How much do these players, some of them really care, and they want to win championships and rings, and they want legacy. They want to, you know, they want that drip. All of the the rings and the jewelry and the trophies and other guys are just like, Hey, I'm just trying to get out of this thing. Healthy, make some money. If I'm lucky enough to play on a winner. Great. But you know, unfortunately that's just the reality is, is we don't know where some of these players fall on that spectrum and how fair is it to expect that from every player? It's all that's subjective. I, I mean, you want players who want to win and I know coaches and GMs better have players that want to win because their, their jobs count on it. But it's how committed are you to it? And yeah, it does kind of lead into my question. So my question for you two guys is how confident are you as of today right now that this 2022 Packers team is a Super Bowl contender? And I think it, maybe it is good that we waited until the end because some of the big factors of whether or not this team is going to be a contender relate to the first the first two questions. Now, I'm not saying Sammy Watkins is going to be the X factor and he's going to turn into Andre Risen and take you know, catch the 57 razor down the middle to open up Super Bowl, whatever number we're on this year. But yeah, how confident are you that that this team is a Super Bowl contender? Because it's easy to favor the Packers and say, oh, well, it's all about the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is coming back and you got Jair Alexander extended and you got Devondre Campbell back and most of that defense is coming back and Stokes is a year older and you brought Russell Douglas and now you added two studs early in the draft and the linebacker and Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt and, and hopefully Watson can be something in his rookie year and he doesn't keep dropping the football, right? But it just seems like after three years in a row now, there's enough doubt around the league. I don't think the Packers are scary. They were scary last year and the last couple of years, and it's like, oh, man, even though Rodgers was the MVP, they know he's a year older. They know that they've got a young receiver core. They know that the tight end group right now is a is a question mark. And even if you look on the offensive line, David Bakhtiari is still not participating in any drills. And and I think that was maybe by design. But, you know, we're not going to be comfortable until we see everybody playing in rhythm and sync and doing well in training camp. And in the, when they're playing actual football, and maybe a little bit of the preseason, uh, depending on if they even play at all. So... And, and you got to think about this, too. The first three games of the season, the Packers can't just take it off and coast and go into preseason mode. you got the Vikings in week one, and you've got the Buccaneers in week three, right? I don't even, I don't even remember who they're playing in week two, but you can't, you, you can't afford – it's the Bears, right? So you've got two divisional games, and then you've got the Buccaneers. You cannot afford to coast through the first quarter of your season because you didn't play guys in preseason and all that kind of stuff. So – at this point right now, I don't know. I'm not going to put it on a, a 1 to 10 scale, but I'm definitely less enthused about the Super Bowl chances right now than I have been in seasons past at this same point in, in moving forward. And part of that is Adams, and Adams isn't there. And last year, Tunyon wasn't injured and didn't have the ACL. And at this time last year, I think we all took for granted that David Bakhtiari was going to beat the clock and he was going to play in week one somehow miraculously. And Elton Jenkins wasn't hurt. So a lot of that plays into it and you're counting on younger players. I'm just, I'm not as confident, Paul. I don't know how you feel about, about the Super Bowl chances. And again, I know it's only June 2nd. 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I'm confident that they are contenders because this is still a very, very talented roster. The defense on paper, I mean, they could be top five in the NFL this year. This Packers team and how they go about winning, it's going to, if done correctly, it's going to look differently than it has in years past because they don't have Devontae Adams. We should see more of the Lafleur offense embraced with the ball being passed around more. Maybe there's a little bit more reliance on the run game, although you still have Aaron Rodgers under center. By no means is it ever going to be 50-50. The offensive line should be improved. I know there's the we all kind of have our uneasiness about Bakhtiari, but Elton Jenkins will return. And just the fact that Runyon, Newman, and Josh Myers are going from year one to year two, and I know Runyon was in year two last year, but from a playing standpoint, he was a rookie. That alone should boost that level of play from that offensive line. You're just the experience that they have another year in the system. As I think a lot, the offense certainly didn't hit its same high mark in 2021 as it did in 2020. And I think the offensive line play again, because injuries and everything that happened, they held up well with everything considered, but they just weren't as good on the offensive line and the offense in general as they were in 2020 when they led the league in scoring. So I think from that point, they're going to be better. And the receiver room, yeah, it's worse without Devontae Adams. We know that. But you have Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP. You have Matt LaFleur, really, really good at scheming guys open. They need to, and they should be able to. I'm confident that they can between those abilities that they have to elevate the receiver room. You also have potentially a top running back duo in football. Um, I'm I'm not as concerned about the tight end room as some. Robert Tunney will be back. We know what he can do. DeGuara, Daphne, Mercedes Lewis, they're all some of the best. You know, they're all Lewis is among the best blocking tight ends in football. DeGuara, Daphne have shown they're capable. Packers like what they have in Tyler Davis. I'm honestly not terribly concerned about that position this season. So when you couple that, the offensive line being better, the defense improving, and if the special teams can just rank 20th in the NFL, <laughs> you know, there's there's plenty of other ways to go about lifting that receiver unit, even though it's not as good as it was. So I'm confident that they're a contender because this is still a super talented team. After the 2020 playoff loss and last year's playoff loss, you know, our natural thought process to go is how does this team get better? They didn't have to get better. They had the talent. These, these last two Packer teams were easily talented enough to win the Super Bowl. What they need to do and, where my hesitation comes in, I think where yours is too, Jason, is they need to show me in the playoffs now because the the guys that you rely on to win you those games, they haven't shown up. Now, being talented enough to win and not winning are two different things. The Packers have been talented enough to win a Super Bowl. They just haven't because in the biggest game, some of their best players haven't played their best or, you know, the special teams unit, you know, parts of the of of this team just completely shut down but the talent's there and i still think the talent's there once again so they're contenders in my eyes but come the playoffs i'm not gonna i went into these last two playoffs both at lambeau field thinking this is it this is our year they're 13 and 3 it's going through lambeau it's it's fate we're going to the super bowl they could go 13 and 3 again they could go 17 and 0 obviously i hope they do i'll enjoy the ride it'll be fun winning all those games again but I'm not going to go into the playoffs with the same optimism that I have in years past because now at this point it's you have to show me. Yeah, it, the playoffs are big. You got to show big in your in the biggest games, and so watch these upcoming NBA Finals. I guarantee you, Steph Curry and Jason Tatum are going to have, and there's other players too, are going to have something to say about how who's going to win and why because their their best players are going to have stepped up. And you know, I mentioned it earlier in the season too, the execution, the. the the special teams. It's just, you know, is is there something that they're going to trip over? At this point, I was talking more about just the talent and and how confident we are right now. I'll worry about the the thing that's going to befuddle this year's team when we figure out what, what it's going to be. But, Mark, what's your take? How confident are you that this is a Super Bowl contender right now? 
Oh, it's without a contender. I mean, look at the NFC. That's what they have. That's who they're contending with, right? So if I look at the NFC, they're better than everybody in the East. The Eagles are, are much better. They did. The Eagles had a great offseason. Dallas probably took some steps back, but they're better than all the – I mean, Aaron Rodgers versus Jalen Hurts, it, it's not a contest. So, yeah, they're better than all the teams in the East. They're still, by, in my opinion, far and away the best team in the North. The Vikings, please, I don't want to hear about the Vikings. The Bears are awful. The Lions, the Lions are better than the Bears now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. So that tells you all you need, need to know about the Bears. So they're going to win the North. So once you win the North, you're a contender. If you're a division winner, you're in the playoffs. You're a contender because that you're contending. You're in. The, you're there. So how confident am I? If you ask me, how confident am I that they're going to get to the Super Bowl? I don't know. But as a contender, I think the only I, to me. And again, it's, it's June second. We still got things could happen between now and, and opening day. I mean, Tampa just signed Akeem Hicks, so th- things which I'm not sure is a great move, but uh, there, there'll be some other moves made probably. I would say Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and the Rams, in my mind, are the three top teams in the NFC, and in, in whatever order you decide to rank them. Um, with that said. Tampa's got a new coach. I know he's been there. Um, you know, they, they promoted Todd Bowles, who is, who's a good coordinator, but was a failure in his first go-round as a head coach. I know he was with the Jets, and a lot of people fail, fail with the Jets, but he did fail. He was not a good head coach with the New York Jets. Okay, I mean, he does have Tom Brady, that, so that makes that – makes, that, that's why Tampa's a contender. If, if, if we were doing um, Bucket Day – podcast and pack a day and and you asked me this i'd say yes the bucks are a contender because they have tom brady so well the same with the packers they have aaron Rodgers, and i and matt lafleur is pretty damn good coach as well so rogers and lafleur alone make them a contender uh, the rams will they're, they're the champs so the champs are champ until somebody beats them mm-hmm. but it's so hard to repeat it's just so hard to repeat I mean, everybody thought Kansas City was going to, you know, when, when they won. Oh, they're going to, this is a dynasty. They're going to win the next three out of the next five. Well, they haven't won it again. Um, it's just tough. It's just, uh, I mean, I've seen it in every, in, you know, in most sports, but especially football. It's just hard to repeat. It's hard to get back. Um, those things, you know, things don't go your way that, that the following year. So, with that said, the Rams are still right there, I think. But I really think they're the only three teams. Now, there, there could be a surprise you know, a, a year ago at this time, I probably wouldn't have told you that the Bengals were one of the AFC contenders. I thought they would be better with with Burrow and his, you know coming around and and Ed and Jamar Chase. But I didn't. I'll be honest. I did not think the Bengals the Bengals were the the, the best team in the AFC before the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so there could be a surprise. Maybe it's maybe it is the maybe the, I don't know who the Cardinals. I don't know. I doubt it, but. I think there there are three teams that st- that stand above the rest of the NFC, the the Packers, the Bucks, and the Rams. So, yes, I think they're definitely a contender because they're at worst the third best team in the NFC. When uh, Mark mentioned, you know, it's really hard to get back. That noise you heard in the background was a collective sigh from Packer Nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, you actually mentioned something, Mark, the Matt Lafleur. Yeah. Right, being ready and having this team ready. I don't. I hope he doesn't just think Rich Basaccia is going to fix the special teams and that he doesn't have to he be is. part of the. He is, but that he's going to fix the special teams and that's going to be the thing that gets the Packers over the hump. He still has to be his his usual great self. He's been a great head coach in terms of his results, the output. Whether you want to credit, however much you want to credit to Matt Lafleur, or not, it's hard to argue with thirteen wins, three straight seasons. I mean, he's he's. Mm-hmm historically good in his first three years as a, as a new head coach and or with a new team or either or both. But that's the other X factor, too, is, look, you're in your fourth season now. Are you ready to take that next step as a leader and making sure? No one's Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick had every I dotted and every T crossed. All the J's were crossed. You know, insert any letter prep in the alphabet. Belichick had it down. Are you ready to be that? Are you ready to make sure that this team is prepared for 
What happens if our offense goes into stall mode? What happens if the defense isn't isn't playing great? Look, the players have to make plays. You can't overcome everything on the sideline, but there's so many factors that go together. And that was my question, this way too early question on June 2, is how confident are we that we're looking at a Super Bowl team? But I think we all are, are saying, look, it's there. They just have to put it together, right? So, Well, here's the thing, too, and um, I forgot which one of you. I think you, I think you both mentioned it. I don't care about the regular season this year. I really don't. I don't. I don't. Actually, I don't want. To, I don't want them to be the top seed. I don't. Sometimes you peak too soon. Mm-hmm. I think that's happened to the Packers a, a, a couple times, where, you know, winning thirteen games is great, but I want to win four games, at the end. I don't care if they go ten and seven now. I guess right. Mm-hmm. As long as if you know, and maybe this year's team will be that way because. We, we mentioned Bakhtiari, we don't know. I think, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, whatever, they're doing it right. Not, there's no reason for him to be doing OTAs and stuff. But by the end of the year, I want him healthy. Elton Jenkins, by the end of the I want this team going into the playoffs at, as, as, at close to 100% as they can be. And, when, and that means Tunyon and Jenkins and Bakhtiari. And maybe they do add a receiver somewhere along the line. Like we said, we brought up Andre Rise. Maybe they do add a guy in the middle, of the, or maybe start a year, whatever. Um, I don't care what they. I don't. I, you know, we we sweat and we and 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 we worry. Oh, they they got to get the top seed. They got well, hell, they had the top seed two years in a row, and it didn't didn't work out. So I don't. I want Dallas to get the top seed. That's who I want to get the top seed. I want the Dallas Cowboys to have the best record because the Packers never lose in Dallas. They're better in Dallas than they are in Green Bay. So let the Cow- let the Packers be two. Let Dallas be one. I'll sign up right now to play the, the NFC Championship game at that beautiful Jerry World and watch Aaron Rodgers do what he does in Dallas, which is win. 30 years ago, did we ever think we'd be saying the Packers would play better in Dallas than anywhere else after all the trouble they had in the 90s? <laughs> Well, that was but pretty good Dallas teams. That, that, was, that was that was it, it wasn't was the, it wasn't the, it wasn't the stadium that was beating the Packers. It was Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and that well, offensive line, and you know yeah. that was that was a damn good team. But all those Hall um, of Famers. Yeah, but I mean, I don't care about home field advantage anymore. I don't care about how many wins they get during the season. I want them to win four games, if it takes five, whatever it takes in January and February. That's what I want. So, like I said. If they start one and two, okay. Well, then they got a little work to to, to catch up. But I, I I'll be I'll be stunned if a team with the talent they that they that they have now, and again it's a different kind of talent as as Paul pointed out that the this defense could be top five, and we haven't said that about a Packer defense in in a long long time. It's it's going to be different. They're not going to it's not going to be a the team with the ball last wins the game Packers. It's going to be a it's like no Packer team in a long time where I think they're going to, I think they are going to run the ball. I know they have Aaron Rodgers, but they're going to, they also have, they have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And that's the strength of this offense right now. I think they're going to play defense, run the ball. And then Aaron, you know, that's going to make Aaron Rodgers even more dangerous because teams are going to have to bring safe. They're not going to play deep safeties anymore. They're going to bring, they're going to have to bring an extra guy in the box to stop Jones and Dillon. And now that's that's leaving Aaron Rodgers very very making him very very dangerous against an undermanned secondary sometimes to to make some like two or three big plays a game. Is it, it's going to be different? But I think it's but I think it's going to be good. I think the offense will, like I said, will run the ball, control the clock, and then bang, big play Aaron you know, Aaron Rodgers to Christian Watson, and maybe he catches it. Um, <laughs> and then special teams, yes, I mean. If they do nothing else, and they already they've already shown that they what they they care about special teams by some of the free agents they signed, by the, some of the draft picks they've made, uh, bringing in a new Sanchez. punter, Swift holder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this be Asante, he's, I mean, it's night and day him and Mo Drayton. It's it's not even it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's like, like you talk about Belichick being the great head coach in, in New England, and obviously, you know, his record speaks for itself. Well. I'm not saying this guy's the Belichick of special teams guys, but he's up there. I mean, he his presence alone will will take them from the worst to, as Paul said, twentieth. Mm-hmm. And then with a good with you know if if Daphne and and Davis and Nixon 
and some so many other guys that they brought, so, so many draft picks maybe, and a, a Summers and a McDuffie and whoever else, if they buy in, and his schemes are going to be better, and he's probably going to have 11 guys on the field most of the time. <laughs> I mean, Drayton was a complete incompetent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, players were making bad plays, but he was incompetent. He should never have been. He should have never been put in that position. They promoted. Uh, don't get me started. <laughs> but yeah, so they're going to. I I can see special teams being even better in twentieth. I can see them being like in middle of, middle of the pack special teams. And they added two return guys, Watson. For you know, we we mm-hmm. we were on him early, but he was a damn good kick returner in college. Now mm-hmm. kick returns are most of them going the end zone anyway now, but. You know, some teams were daring the they wouldn't kick it in the end zone against the Packers because they wanted them to try to. Bring well, when it it's out. Malik Taylor, the least dynamic player in the in the right. in the <laughs> NFL, hey, listen, just get just get high, just get up there on Rick's list. I don't want to be on the bottom of Rick's list again, for the love of God, especially not at the bottom. That was that was no, an right. embarrassing. He was right. He was right. Everything he said, but it was embarrassing. Oh, they were the worst, and we said it all year. I I, I hate to be right sometimes, but remember we we talked we talked last year, and I, that was my biggest worry. Every week going into the season was the special teams are bad, which made it I mean, when it, it happened. It just <laughs> I hate I when that, you know, yeah. I, I, I want to be wrong about something like something like that. But it was it, yeah, it's just, think, it was embarrassing. It was too predictable and it was embarrassing that everybody else bet right. And they did all the things, didn't kick it out of the end zone, you know, ran it out of the end zone. When it when, when Crosby did get it in the end zone, they ran it out because they were like, oh, these guys can't tackle. And sure enough, they couldn't. You know, if you were, no, at, I, I think they're going to be on every aspect, especially. I think, I think Dobbs will be a, a you know, not Toure I'm not also. Saying, you know, what's that? Mar- Toure, Samari Toure. He's got a chance yeah, to be a special I mean, teams yeah, contributor. Right. Oh yeah, I mean they've they've they have improved special teams in a lot of ways, in, in every way, mm-hmm. in ter- in every way. They uh, coverage return. You know, Crosby has a little competition, which usually wakes him up. Sometimes that when he has another kicker in camp, uh, the punter, not that not that Bojo was was bad, but he he was up and down. This kid's probably more consistent, and apparently he's a great holder, which will make Crosby better. So they've improved it in every aspect. So that I could see them being again. I don't I don't I'm not looking for miracles and and, and then be a top ten special teams unit, but I think they could be middle to pack. Like if they're middle if they're middle to pack last year, they're in the Super Bowl. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, time will tell. I guess time will tell and we'll be we'll be back at it again next week. Hopefully the tree the the trio is together once again for another fun filled conversation. I'm not sure what the topic will be, but we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll get lucky on the news cycle. But as we always do before we close off, Mark, we'll start with you over Packer Report. What's up now? What's coming up? Well, I've been doing a series breaking down the team position by position. Uh, So far, we had. The quarterbacks and running backs ran last week before I went away. Uh, up Currently up is the offensive line. And coming out later today, Thursday, will be the tight ends. Nice. Good deal. And then Paul over at Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV. What do we got coming up? Uh, a couple articles already out. Uh, took a look at just kind of the question. Will the Packers keep six or seven receivers? Had another one, four or five tight ends. Uh, and then we often look to draft and free agency for the biggest improvements that a team can make, and they can certainly be found there. But oftentimes it comes from those already on the roster, going from year one to year two and year two to year three. So just discuss that. And then ESPN recently projected what a new contract for Rashawn Gary could look like. So I dove into that at Dairyland Express as well, because with Jair Alexander paid, Rashawn Gary and Elton Jenkins, they're the next two up. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, we'll be back at it again at Quick Slants Podcast. We'll see if any news hits over the weekend, and then we'll take it from there. But in the meantime, everybody, stay cool wherever you're at. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. And as always, go Pack Go.
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.